Welcome to the Nexus of Adventure, where stories transcend the page, a place where heroes and villains clash. This is Break, Battle, and Roll. On our last Break, Battle, and Roll, the heroes and five Krekel scouts took on Califran and the remaining disciples, Hidden Clover, Tondo, and Andalasar. As the fight ensued, tremors originating from their gallant peak brought dust onto the battlefield. The Krekel went about tying up Andalasar as Flowerkraut and Timothy focused their efforts on breaking Califran from Aster's spell. With Sherman losing an unarmed contest with Hidden Clover, he desperately drew forth his sword and was immediately entangled with Sir Leon's soul emanating negative energy. He unleashed the chains of imprisonment, though Hidden Clover kept up with his attacks. Flowerkraut then face-stepped above Califran, and with a clutch surprise attack, applied the salve to his forehead, severing the spell. As the quaking earth continued, Sherman yelled, We don't have time for this! before combining his strength with Sir Leon to kick Hidden Clover off of the cliffside. The dust began to settle, and off in the distance upon the water they could see the black ship belonging to Sir Lunox. Assisted by the Krekel scouts, Califrand warned Flowercrowd of Aster's plans before heading back in the direction of the Saffron Citrine, which was defenseless. Having only two applications of the salve left, the party ran into Aster's cave and found the tunnel dug by the Helax, heading further in and up into the Gallant Peak. A magical ward was heard breaking off in the distance, and the sound that followed was that of rushing oncoming. And that is where we left off. Now it's time to gear up as we jump right back into part two of episode 20. What do you do? Sherman takes the corrupted sword and just slams it as hard as he can into the, into the earth of the mountain. Okay. And just grips hard. You slam your the sword into the ground, and then you see one of the chains come flying out, and it it locks into another position, and then you see a second chain come flying out, not anything you decided to do, and literally plant you where you are. What are the other two doing? Can I do an acrobatics check to maybe jump to a stalactite on the on the top of the cave and like hold on? There's not much room in here. You're in a, a narrow tunnel. Okay. And it looks like this water approaching you is filling the entire volume. <sighs> well, Flowerkraut can swim, so she's going to just prepare to dive into it. Flowerkraut, roll me an insight check. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> this is not a wise decision, is what Aaron is trying to tell me. <laughs> Seven. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. Uh, and then insight. Do I add anything to that? Plus five. Oh, my God. Okay. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Seven wouldn't have given you this insight, but twelve will. Okay. You can swim, but you can't swim that fast. This thing's going <laughs> to... You're, you're, you're swimming against a roaring river, basically. Hmm. Oh. Uh, Let's see. I think I'm going to grab onto Sherman. Oh, that's a good idea. Ass clap. Can you cleave the water around you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm wondering if I could shape water to freeze myself to Sherman. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> it's except it says that you can freeze water provided there are no creatures in it. Ugh, what if I'm willing? <laughs> There's more you can do with shape water. I can change the flow of the water. Oh yeah, technically you could like shape it around you. Yeah. Oh, can you just like split the water between between all of us? Yeah, so Flower Crow can stand and she, it like, so basically in a five foot cube in front of her, she can make it so that the water is not hitting her at all. So she's just going to stand her ground essentially. Now this this tunnel is really a five by five or five by six or seven uh, in terms of height, so you guys are kind of in a in in line position. So does that mean that flower crowd you're going to be up front? <gasps> I will take the front. Oh my gosh, I'm going to look so cool. Okay. All right, flower crowd takes a step forward and prepares shape water to turn the water in another direction. And Timothy, you're grabbing a hold of Sherman. I grab a hold of Sherman and then just look in awe as Flower Kraut passes the both of us to confront the water head on. What are you, what are you doing? Flower Kraut? Get a load of this. Flower Kraut, you put your hands forward and as the water begins to, once it gets straight to you, your magic diverts the water. It basically creates this wall. The water has to go around and you see that all of the water is now spraying through the edges of the tunnel around you guys. And there's, you know, you're, you're in no danger that the water is going to keep pushing you. You actually are slowing this down a little bit because the water is kind of getting caught up right where you are, Flower Kraut. However, you're shaping the water, but you're not able to shape the helix that are coming down the slide. Of course. And they start flying through the center here, um, I need you guys all to make a dexterity saving throw. And Sherman, this would be a shield one too, so. I rolled a 15. Okay. I rolled a 10. Timothy, you get one Helak that flies by and just like, you get clocked by him. Yeah. And you take two bludgeoning damage. Dirty 20. Oh my God. Sherman does a pretty good job of any of the helix that are come coming down that get past you. You're essentially pushing them off to the side as they're fl- literally they're going down a water slide and then they're getting jettisoned into midair because there's no water where flower kraut is. So they're flying past you guys and then Sherman's pushing them to the side where they regain, uh, where they essentially rejoin the water and continue sliding down the tunnel. You notice that some of these helix are awake in terms of they were just up ahead of you guys digging. These aren't just the bodies of the hunters that were killed from exhaustion. They, these are the helix that left Oskal's refuge this morning, mm. including Brock and Hrisha. <gasps> They come flying through. Bullshit. Brock is in a Crackle costume. <laughs> He's in a Crackle costume, and he was going to get on a boat. Cannon. It's cannon. You guys need to make another another deck save because Brock fills up a lot of space as he's flying down this thing. Of course. Oh, hey. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. Got 13. Okay. That's a six. Dirty 17. Brock comes flying through. Flower Kraut, you're kind of, you've got a, a little bit of a advantage because you're seeing the water ahead of you. So when you see a body coming at you, you can like duck down or dodge to the side. Ah. Brock comes flying through. 
he passes over you. He goes past Sherman, who then kind of brings his shield down on him, but he lands smack against Timothy, and Timothy, you end up going down with Brock all the way down, and you're, you're just, he's basically just not even holding on to you. He's just there, not doing anything. He's not trying to catch himself. No, hey, Brock, how's it going? Question. Sure. As a reaction, can I use the, the, the chain attack to chain Timothy? Sure. Give me a ranged attack, and it's going to be a disadvantage because you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to catch him, not Brock. 22. 22. You, you latch on to Timothy with the chains. Yes. However. They hurt. They hurt. Roll a d8. Oh, shit. That's seven on the die. Seven on the die, uh, plus four. That's 11 points of necrotic damage. <laughs> Though, you might have just saved Timothy from taking a lot of bludgeoning damage going down the tunnel. Timothy, you're kind of dangling behind Sherman, and uh, eventually the water resides and stops flowing down the tunnel. You guys okay back there? Been better. Been worse, too. Ben, wait, is that how I've been talking? Ben, I've released the chain on Timothy. <sighs> I'm, 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 I think I'm okay. Better than being dead. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the save. Uh, Flowerkrow, uh shuffles in her pack and holds out the potion. Do you, do you need this? Uh, I don't want to be selfish. Can I f- fight? Can I fight Sir Leon to do a cure wounds? Sure can. Roll a wisdom save. Okay. 23. You beat him. Okay. You're rolling so high, Dustin. Oh my God. It's like, so Sherman goes and claps Timothy on the back and says, it ain't much, but hope this helps and heals him for three, which is the lowest possible heal I could have rolled. Hey, thank. <laughs> Thanks, Sherman. <laughs> we're we're just trading heels, aren't we, bud? You hear Sir Leon's voice in the back of your head, Sherman. <sighs> he's weak. If he wasn't going to make it, he's not worth it. In my brain, in in the Sherman brain, Sherman's Sherman says he tries to say he's my friend, but it t- comes out he's no good to me dead. <laughs> And then Sherman's like, I hate that I thought that. So the water subsides, uh, leaving basically just a small stream uh, that's flowing at your feet. And did you want to take that healing potion or? We might want to save it in case things get worse. All right. But but thank you. Yeah. The path is slippery, but you keep moving forward until around one turn of the tunnel, you see a red glow up ahead and you can hear chanting in Sylvan. Can Fla- Flowerkraut can understand it? Um, you can. However, the chants are all basically arcane words that don't really amount to a sentence. Gordita. Gordita Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> you, you begin to approach what looks to be an opening, what appears to be the cavern 
where all of these sounds are coming from. And as you race up into the domain, you see on the far side a soaked aster. She definitely heard you guys coming, come running up. And so the second you're in view, she fires off a spell that manifests a magical barrier at the entrance of this room that you guys are approaching. A transparent wall that seems to glisten with fey energy. It's not much different from the one that you had seen when you had gone into Sir Leon's tomb. And Aster immediately approaches the center of this room where you see past the barrier, past the translucent barrier, a slumbering dragon of somewhat of a light brown color. And you you hear, Flower Crowd, you hear the Sylvan transform into actual words as she places her palm on the dragon's forehead and she says, Head to heart, heart to feet, whole in part, your soul I meet. Listen well for what to do, anything I command you to. And those threads that you've seen over the thralls, the threads you had seen over the people of Oskal's refuge, begin to coalesce, begin to twine together, attach themselves to the mind of the dragon, but you see that she's struggling to establish the link. Additional threads appear to be wrapping into the main thread. She's pumping energy and the heart of Miriam begins to glow hot white from under her, her robes as an immense amount of magic funnels through her into this spell until a wave of energy bursts from her palm in all directions and the barrier that was that was protecting her from allowing you into the room fizzles as Aster uses all of her power to take control of Macadam. And the dragon's eyes begin to slowly open. But as you see this happening, the motes of Miriam within you begin to glow with the close proximity to the heart within Aster. And you each feel Miriam's presence empowering you. You all get 20 temporary hit points. <sighs> I once asked if you were there, Miriam. <laughs> I think you are. My first command for you. Kill them. It's time to break battle and roll initiative. Oh, what a what a unfortunate! I mean, I'm not mad. It's a it's a nat twenty. Did you also crit, yo? Yeah, but it's on initiative. <laughs> I and know, but um, I it's, think it's a blessing. But I'm okay with it right now, considering last time <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> so that's a twenty three for Timothy. I just got an eighteen. It's like the dragon's like I rolled a forty. <laughs> <laughs> I go first, second, and third. Hold on, hold on. My, my ten dice rolled off the table. The dragon's like, I'm awake, bitch. <laughs> you want me to fuck these guys up? <laughs> I was sleeping. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Flower crowd get. 18. Nice. What did Sherman get? 20. 20. Oh my gosh, we all rolled so high this time. The exact opposite of the last fight. Yes. Timothy, you are first. Let me also paint the battlefield for you, Timothy. 
as you are the first one to go here. This is the lair of Macadam, the desert dragon. This dragon has appeared to have been hoarding the water of Glavio for as long as the inhabitants can even see maybe in the writings of previous inhabitants. It is a circular room with a fairly tall ceiling. Let's let's call it 30 feet up. On the outer ring of the circular room is rock. So there is a ring of solid ground. Beyond that, there is a ring, an inner ring of water. And then in the center, a circle of rock again where Macadam is laying. The walls of this layer are dripping with water. And there is bubbling water from the springs of the Gallant Peak bubbling up into that inner ring. You can see that this was probably a lot more full of water moments ago before Aster and the Helax broke through and released gallons of water out of his lair where he was basically soaking it up. So the water on the inner ring is not does not appear to be very deep, like you could run through it. And this entrance that you guys have walked in is seems to be the only way in and out, which begs the question, how did Macadam even get in here? All right, Timothy, what do you do on your turn? I am going to cast Blessed on all of us, which is a Fae-touched thing, so it doesn't count against my spell pool, thank goodness. Okay, that's your action. It burns. It burns my skin. <laughs> it burns my skin, Timothy. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, that's a joke. Please give me, please give me the extra points. <laughs> You can bless up to three creatures, and whenever a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add that number to the attack roll or the saving throw. So all of us are blessed, and then I'm going to look behind us, having now, if you want me to roll perception, I'm willing to do that, but I'm. it sounds like just from the layout that we got from entering this room, this entry point is a one-way-in, one-way-out scenario. Yes. So Timothy thinks if this is going to be a one-way trip, he's going to have Shatter stocked so that no one can escape. Okay. So that's just what's in his mind right now. But I have already done my action, and I don't really have any other bonus actions, so I'm just going to stand side by side with my compatriots. Okay. It is Sherman's turn. All right. Sherman isn't... Well, yeah, he's not dumb. Maybe I'll leave this kind of a question for someone else, but if you can break if you can break the signal from one end, can you break the signal from the other end? That's what I was thinking too. Okay, someone else is thinking it. I'm not going to worry about it. What do you want to do on your turn? Is the real question because you hear Sir Leon go There it is. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming you want to chain up this dragon cuz that's kind of what I was going for. Yes. All right. Um. Cool. Uh. Let's. How far can I shoot these again? Fifteen feet. Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna get closer. We gotta use a lot of chains to chain this dragon down. All right. You run into the room. You could chain him from the other side of the inner ring of water if you want to. So you're standing on solid ground. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Go ahead and roll a ranged strength based attack. And roll with advantage because uh, 
sure Leon is is with you on this. It's gonna be okay. So fifteen plus four, so nineteen. You hit. All right. So that is one. Roll the damage for that first one. So that'll be seven for that first one. Okay. And then I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, you you because you are with Sir Leon on this action. Uh huh. The chains sprout a second time on your turn. Oh, okay. So like you know before you. Could I could only it do once. it once, but now I can do it twice. Yes. Right. All right. So, it, it'll while. Oh yeah, still advantage. Okay. So Eighteen or so twenty-two. We we already know it's gonna hit. Yeah. So I won't even roll the d4. Yeah, it's gonna hit. I'm going to load a a smite into it okay will this be like in a dark smite yes all of your radiant powers disappear your smite will be necrotic energy okay so it is 11 normal and i haven't smitten in a while so hold on haven't smitten in a while so it'll be it's it's 11 necrotic from the ro- from the chains and even more necrotic from the smite <sighs> so it's 2d8 and an additional 12 from the smite. So 23? Yes. Okay. Macadam like roars in pain as you attach two chains to him and uh, his eyes go wide and you see the dragon just is, is pulling itself up on its feet as fast as possible and its head is uh, moving in towards you. Um, it is now... Flowerkraut's turn. Okay. I also just rolled Brandy's initiative, which is 11. Okay. If you want to throw that in the mix, Flowerkraut levels her gaze at Aster and says, you're mine, bitch. And I'm going to have her thrust her arm forward to grab some of the water and surge it around Aster's head to kind of hold it there to sort of kind of like be are you shape watering to silence her pretty much i was i was kind of going for like a partial drowning or if anything it's obscuring her vision something around those lines i have a couple other options i can either have mage hand grab the last of the well there's two smudges left but might just have it go like all in with the smudge Roll an insight check for me. I want to see if you notice something. That is a 13. Uh, oh, plus plus five. Okay. So 18. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the thing you, as, as you're standing there and you're formulating your tactic on how to approach this, the one thing I didn't mention, I forgot to mention about this room is that it is incredibly humid and hot in here. Between the, um, between the springs like the natural springs bubbling into the room and basically a room that was filling that's filled with the body heat of a dragon it is very warm and is it's like 100% humidity in here you would you pot would be concerned that if you were to send the smudge flying through this room on a mage hand or on anything that's moving fast it may compromise the smudge because of like it may just turn to glop and fall off or like you know there's there's there is an element of of keeping that smudge on your finger before you smear it on someone's forehead okay got it 
and like the sweat and like how you guys are all sweating right now putting it on your fingers you know you your fingers are all very you're you, you're all drenched for one thing but you know like applying it and then keeping it from falling off your fingers because it's you know it's like a paste all right that's gonna lead me to number three which is give it to brandy okay and have her scamper ac- across the the cave wall okay so are you giving brandy everything that's left yeah okay so she gets two tentacles worth of of glop of smudge Flowercrop does not say you're mine bitch and then leaves brandy to it <laughs> 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 Flowercrow just gives a knowing look to Brandy. Okay. And Brandy goes, you're mine, bitch. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> do you want to move at all? Let's see. So there is, did you say that there's water separating us? So there's like dragon and aster on one side and us on another? So think of two rings with a circle in the middle. The outer ring or is rock. The inner ring is water. And then the circle in the middle is rock is as well. That's where, where Macadam is. Aster's standing on the rock, on the rock ring, but on the opposite side that you are on from right now. Maybe I should just have Flowercrow dive in the water. <laughs> I guess, wait, you said it was three feet. She can just like start walking into it. Okay, you walk into the water. Do you move around at all in it? Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards Aster. Okay, so you get in the water and you start to move towards Aster. Um, Brandy, I'm guessing, is grabbing the stuff out of your satchel and then climbing up on a wall? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay, okay. Next up in initiative is Aster. She sees you walking towards her, and she goes, I am not as careless as Laminaria. This is where we get the moats back. And she puts her hand up, and mind you, you guys see that Aster is showing a little bit of exhaustion. That the spell that she cast on Macadam has kind of worn her down. And keeping control of this dragon is taking almost everything that she's got. It is evident in the barrier that she put up that she had to cancel other spells in order to complete the spell, which makes you think that any other mind controls that she had in place may have been severed once Macadam's was established. Mm -hmm. She puts up her hand towards you and the rest of you basically in a line and she begins to cast a spell, but it seems like it's having a lot of impact on how on, on her condition. So she casts a spell and you see swirling waves of color and things that you, you begin to hallucinate a little bit as it flies towards you. I need all of you to make a wisdom saving throw. Don't forget to add your bless. Use that bless die. I got a 21. 24. 21 as well. You guys all feel this like illusory magic pass over you as if she was trying to distract you with something that's not in the room, but you brush it off and it fades behind you and you can see that she's like holding her wrist as kind of pain shoots through her hand after casting a spell and then she retreats back against the wall and tries to put herself as as far behind Macadam as she possibly can. The next up initiative is Brandy. That's Brandy, bitch. (laughs) Yes. How far away from the dragon is she and how far away from Aster is she? She, Aster is a full 60 feet away from the door 
that you guys came in. And Aster is standing about 15 feet behind Macadam. And you said that the cavern goes up very high, so it's not like she can go up onto the ceiling and drop down. <laughs> if she, yeah, it's about 60 feet up. This, it kind of cones, the layer cones towards like a point. Almost like it's under the peak of a mountain. Right. <laughs> Ooh. All right, I'm going through scenarios in my mind. Uh, for Brandy. Okay. She can either go for Aster and potentially break the connection if she goes for her, but we don't know for certain if it works that way. And also Aster being the one with the powers could maybe like wipe off the smudge and try and reestablish a connection, but possibly with some added difficulty. So there's a risk there. Or Brandy can go after the dragon and with her double smudge, maybe sever the connection or at least make it very hard for Aster to link up with him. And that would mean Brandy would probably have to climb up this dragon. Uh, yeah, Brandy would have to climb the dragon. I think, I think I'm going to have Brandy go for the dragon. Okay. I got to have her go for the dragon. So Brandy can run across, but once Brandy reaches the ring of water, it's about 10 feet wide. Brandy would have to figure out a way to get across this water without losing the smudge. Go the opposite way and like climb the wall to the middle and then drop down like a like a flying squirrel. I don't know. Is that possible? Brandy has a climbing speed and could climb up and up and up and up and up and then literally drop down, drop, you know, 60 feet down to this dragon. Well, the dragon's taller, so maybe 30 feet. She'd probably take some falling damage, right? Probably. Oh, yeah. Is this a huge monster? This is a large dragon. Oh, so it is a pretty small dragon in comparison? In comparison, yeah. Okay. So then never mind, she'd fall like a long way. Cause a large, this is meta, but a large creature, just imagine it being like a 10 by 10. Mm. So about 10 feet tall in the, let's say in the neck or in the back. Falling 50 feet then? Yeah, thereabouts. Considering that, how, how, how much could she potentially take damage wise? You take a D6 for every uh, 10 feet you fall, but this is a cat Thulu we're talking about. <laughs> so I would say that Brandy can land on her feet and take probably half of that, half of whatever falling damage she's going to take. All right. Well, so, well, I have a piece too, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did Brandy get temp, temp hit points? <laughs> so Brandy, I did have Brandy going for the wall okay. uh, initially. So yeah, she's going for the dragon. All right. Flowerkraut is um, mentally directing her to go for the dragon. All right. Brandy climbs up the wall, uh, goes 30 feet up, has another... Brandy would have had to use part of her turn to get the smudge and then jump onto the wall and then climb. So Brandy could use 30 feet of climbing movement. Perfect. You would need essentially another f another 30 feet to get to the tip of the of this cavern. Okay. All right. 
that's Brandy's turn. The dragon's up next. The dragon is being held by two chains from Sherman and Sir Leon and is roaring in pain as the necrotic energy is pulsating through the chains into the dragon's like shoulders. And it stands up on its four legs and turns its head towards where Sherman and Timothy are in the doorway or near the door. Flowercrowd, you you ran into the water ring towards Aster, right? Yeah. It opens its mouth and it bellows out hot sand at the two of you. You guys need to both make a dexterity saving throw as molten sand is being blasted out of its mouth at you. Is this one something that I can add my shield to? Yes. 12? Well, that's a crit save. Net 20 plus uh, 2, so 22. And then, Timothy, did you roll your bless? I did. Okay. I've been rolling really low on my deck saves. <gasps> so 26 with my bless. All right. Because you have shield mastery, you jump behind your shield as all of this is flying at you and you don't take any damage as the molten sand is hitting your shield and cooling into pieces of glass. Uh, Timothy, however, those pieces of glass just hit Timothy. <laughs> He's getting all the backfire <laughs> off of your shield. I'm sorry. The real damage is being done to the friendship of Timothy and Sherman. Timothy, you take 27 fire oh. damage. Guys, I am almost dead. Oh, shit. Uh. And you look back, Sherman, you see that Timothy is kind of like covered in cooling sand that has formed into shards of glass and he's really hurt and then macadam will try to shake off the chains and he completely fails to so he is he is struggling against the chains that you're holding him with and he's he's unable to move from his spot because of it you see him actually try to move away try to pull but you you and sir leon just stand your ground and pull, pull down on the chains and he's just like struggling and roaring. That is the top of the round with Timothy. Could I do a perception check to look particularly at the ceiling and see if casting shatter on the stalactites, if I could do it in a way that the, I know randomness with nature, but could I do it in a way where the ones that I'm striking would be just above Aster's area or the dragon's area? Give me a d6 luck 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 die. I'm gonna stop rolling on D&D Beyond because it's been very mean to me tonight. That's a four. Okay. Now I'm gonna. The, so the answer is yes, and there is one over Aster, mm -hmm. but there is not one directly over the dragon. All right, Timothy breaks apart the glass like maybe he uses his beak to like crack one on his arm and then take his free arm with the loot and smash the other one to get back some ground and he looks up at the stalactite that's above aster and he see you see him he starts retuning his loot as quickly as he can and he's kind of got like a very i don't want to say just determined i think he's perturbed yeah <laughs> and he's going to cast 
shatter at the stalactite above Aster, and he's going to do it at a second level. Okay. All right, I'm pretty sure with that, it means that it does, like, double damage because it's an inanimate object, right? Yes, yes, first shatter. Non, non-magical non objects also... Um, I mean, I don't... I mean, I would cast it as a level one, but I really want to make sure this works. So go ahead and roll damage because this thing doesn't have a saving throw to... That's, a se- that's 17 damage. And I would like to imagine that beyond just the sound of... Like the like the guitar strangers of power rift that you would normally hear with it. I'd like to think that Timothy also like bellows out as loud as he can the sound of a snapping twig. Oh, awesome! You bust this thing as pieces of rock erupt from the ceiling, and it begins to fall directly towards Aster. She is going to make a dexterity saving throw, but even if she fails this, she'll be taking half damage as she's trying to jump out of the way of it, And but it is going to essentially shatter itself when it hits the ground. She rolled a dirty 20 on her roll, so she'll take half as she jumps out of the way, but I want you to roll 4d6 damage. All right, I'm going to roll three digital and three physical and see if the odds of fairness and where they land. I would say the physical were much nicer than the digital ones. So it's a total of eight digital dice and 12, 12 on the physical dice. So 12 plus eight is 20. All right, so she'll take 10 damage from the splinter of the selectite. And you hear... You hear her say to Macadam, Kill them faster. As she's struggling to stay out of line of sight, essentially. She's trying to hide behind the dragon and stay away from you guys. Anything else, Timothy, on your turn? My thought is, do I stay here in case someone tries to leave either the dragon or Aster and I'll shatter the entryway so no one can get out? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here for now. But that's 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 where Timothy's mind is at. All right. Are you are you moving at all after casting? Well, you 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 moved a little bit, right, to to get into position to cast that in order to get. Yeah, in order to get. Yeah. Line of sight with the stalactite. Okay, Sherman, it is your turn. You've got two chains on the dragon. Sherman is pretty like this is what I must do. I have to stop this dragon no matter what. So I think it's very uh, tunnel vision. Mm hmm. So we're just going to go and do this twice over and keep trying to lay as many chains as we can down. Okay. Sir Leon is is with you on this, and you hear him basically laughing with glee as you are deciding to do exactly what he would be doing. You hear him say, Cast it out. It does not deserve the freedom that the people here have. There's no other way. Uh, so I know we're rolling, still rolling advantage. Yep. All right, well, I'm gonna roll to see if it's a crit or not. It's not, so 26 to hit. That hits, third chain attaches to it. And that is gonna be max damage on that one, so 12. 12 necrotic. We'll do this all over again. Are you able to tell how the chain how to wrap? Like, can you wrap it around its mouth? I don't know. 
<laughs> I feel like it's kind of like a T-Rex where you would just be trying to like pin it down to the ground. Uh, yeah, you're you're essentially wrapping like its wings and its legs and stuff like that. Like it's it's almost like in uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn where you're shooting your rope grapple things and you're like locking them to the ground kind of thing. You're just you're pinning it down. So twenty four to hit for the second attack too. Yes. Do another D eight. And I'm going to choose to smite on this as well. Okay. So a D eight. Since they're all D8s, I'm just going to roll 3D8 and add the 4. Okay, so 17. 17 more necrotic damage to this thing. Macadam roars further in pain, but the roar is almost inaudible to you, Sherman, as you hear Sir Leon roaring in glee. And you can feel he's getting stronger. The more that you do that he wants you to do, the stronger he's becoming. And you start to wonder, how much more control over myself do I have? Sherman, as he's slinging these and they're like making like heavy, heavy damage and like knocking down, yells out. Neil. Sherman, you, you bellow Neil to the dragon which the dragon doesn't seem to have much choice. It, it it definitely seems like it's being pulled down. It's unable to move from its position. Anything else on your turn? I think that is it. All right, Flowerkraut, you're up. You're wading through the water of the inner ring. And I still need to reserve an action for for Brandy, right? And yes. So because if I want her to get to the top, so that would be her movement, and then she would drop down and basically attack Macadam. Yes. Okay. So I am just how far from uh, Aster am I at this point? You are about thirty feet from her. Like you're you're rounding. You're going around the ring to get the line of sight of her because she's behind the dragon, right? Yeah. Did she see Timothy get absolutely destroyed? Oh, yeah. Like, the the dragon breath went almost over Flowerkraut's head as you were, like, down in the water. Mm. You weren't you weren't lined up with the dragon breath, but you, you heard it and saw it happen. You look back, you see that Timothy got shredded. I'm 30 feet from Aster. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I need to save an action. I'm just going to get a little bit closer. Okay. I'm going to do maybe 15 feet. Okay. So you 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 get, you wade through the water, and then you, you have to pull yourself back up onto the outer ring of the rock as you're getting closer to her. Okay. So you're about 15 feet from Aster. That's it. Okay. It is Aster's turn. She sees the, she sees you approaching her. But does she see Brandy up on the wall climbing above the dragon? Let's find out. I would like you, Flowerkraut, to roll Brandy's dexterity or stealth if she has stealth. She does have plus four to stealth. Okay. Stealth is going to be the, the primary then. Yep. Okay. 16 plus four. Dirty 20. Okay. Aster does not see Brandy climbing up. I would love to think that Brandy's like semi shifting her tones as she's like 
climbing, kind of like how semi camouflage. Yeah, like sem semi squid reflective ish camouflage. Sick, yes. She doesn't see Brandy. She's looking at you, and you can't tell if it's fear in her face or panic or desperation. But she she charges at you. She clears the fifteen feet distance, and she screams, "Get away from me!" <laughs> You bitch! And she reaches out a clawed hand and puts it towards your face. Okay. And she is going to make a, a melee attack against you. All right. She rolls an 18 to hit. That hits. But it's not a claw. She plants her hand against your forehead and she performs something called a nightmare touch. <laughs> where she infuses your head with psychic damage. However, you still have that little smudge on your forehead that you put there earlier. So it stops some of this from happening to you. You would normally take, looks like 18 psychic damage. <laughs> you take nine damage instead. Okay, so down to 11 temporary hit points. She then takes her other hand, seeing that, that it's not quite as effective to get through to your brain, and she literally just tries to claw you with the other hand. And she rolls a, another uh, dirty 20 to hit you here. Of course. And this time you take 11 slashing damage. Ah. Okay, goodbye to my temporary hit points. And that is the end of her turn. She is trying to fend you off, giving, trying to give the dragon time to deal with you guys, but she sees that the dragon's having a time on its own. It is Brandy's turn. All right, Brandy is gonna do her thing. She is going to climb up high enough that she will be above its head. She's gonna drop down on the dragon's head. So you roll, what did you roll again on, on Brandy's stealth check? That was a dirty 20. Dirty 20. I'm going to see if Macadam knows whether or not Brandy's up on the ceiling. Macadam is way too focused on the fact that he's being chained to the floor. He doesn't know. Therefore, Brandy has advantage. This is essentially a surprise attack from the ceiling. Brandy releases and in slow motion just starts falling like a flying squirrel. Brandy kind of positions herself with her head down so that the smudged tentacles aren't going to get like caught in the wind of falling down. I need you to give me a brandy roll to see if she can stop any of the smudge from basically blowing off of her tentacles. She's gonna have to roll a dexterity save. 19 plus two, 21. Oh, fucking A, 19 on the- Nice. She tucks them, she tucks her tentacles down, keeping the salve safe. Now I want you to roll your, essentially the uh, tentacle attack, but with advantage. Tentacle attack with advantage, okay. <laughs> oh fuck, okay, first roll was a three. Come on, Brandy. Oh my God, 18 plus uh, four, 22. <sighs> Brandy lands on Macadam's head. Brandy is gonna take some fall damage. Yeah. Let's see if Brandy's still awake to apply it to the head. Again, this is a cat, so the cat's gonna take half of this. So Brandy would normally have taken 16 falling damage, but because Brandy's a cat, takes eight. Oh. It's been the episode of Falling Cats. 
Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I just got that. <laughs> Brandy lands, still conscious from the fall, on Macadam's head. Takes both salve tentacles and smears a Roman numeral two into Macadam's forehead, and the dragon roars louder than the pain of the chains and begins to flail and the strength of Macadam seems to just have gotten stronger because he's now rampaging and it is Macadam's turn next. He begins to literally go into a rage of some sort and you see, I just rolled. He just, you see that the chains are beginning to snap. They're beginning to break. As he's thrashing around on his little island, he's grabbing the chains with his claws and he's biting them and biting through them. And he's, you know, having this absolute fit. And Aster's terrified and she's backing up. She's like, she sees this going on and she starts to back away from Flower Crowd. And as he's slamming his claws into the chains and he's his tail's thumping against the rock, the whole place is beginning to shake. And there's too much going on with this dragon's mind that it can't control its outer actions. But Sherman, you feel Sir Leon resolved that this dragon needs to die. It isn't enough that this dragon is being broken from Aster's spell. It needs to go down. And you start to feel your resolve, your your will shrinking, and that you may not be able to control what you're going to do next. But at the top of the round, it is Timothy's turn. Timothy is breathing heavily at this point because he is he's kind of getting down to what he what little bit he's got left, but he sees Aster like shrieking away and he just gets like this fire underneath him and he's just like oh no you don't get to run away from this you don't get to run away after all the things you've done and he's going to run and cast misty step to get right up to her okay you misty step right to aster and as he disappears into the poof of feathers. Well, feathers he might have left. He reappears in front of her with both daggers in hand, ready to strike. Okay. So technically she, even though I said she's backing away from Flowerkraut, she's still next to Flowerkraut. Therefore you would get a sneak attack damage. Because I'm a level one rogue! (laughs) Hell yeah! That's an extra 1d6, right? For the, if I do hit? Yes. If you do hit. Okay. Plus five, dirty 20. Dirty 20 hits. Okay. And the bless is only for, oh, I forgot to roll concentration for bless after getting absolutely destroyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure blessed is gone. Yeah, blessed <laughs> is gone. No I, mean, like, I mean, you can roll, you're going to have to beat, you took 27 damage? I took 20, yes, 27. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So you'd have to beat a 13 on a concentration or constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw, so I get a plus one to that. Uh, no, it, it, bless he be gone. Bless is gone. It gone. 
All right, so that is going to be damage with my dagger is 1d4 plus 2, so that's a 4. I'm going to roll my d6. d6 landed on another 2, so that's 8. 8 damage. On the first attack, and then I'm going to go with my offhand. Okay. And I don't get any pluses to this one, correct? To the attack you would, but the damage is just going to be a d4. No sneak attack damage on that one? No. Sneak attack says once per round. So another dirty, tr- uh, sorry, uh, 19. Yep, that hits. Okay. So this is just going to be a D4. Yep. That's two more damage. Okay. Sherman, it is your turn, and you can feel that Sir Leon is beginning to take control. That he not only wants the chains rebound to this thing, but he wants to drive his sword into its face. But we gotta... This whole place is coming down. Cast it out. Destroy this thing. But you do notice, yes, he, it is rampaging and rocks, small rocks are starting to fall from the cavern ceiling. What does Sherman want to do? Sherman is going to try to... Wait, I don't even know if I can. Um, where is... I know Astro ran up to Flower Kraut. Yes. So still, they're still kind of on the other side of the room from you. You would have to get past the dragon to get to where Aster's at. Or I could, like, run in a circular motion to get closer? Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, you could run circular around the ring, for sure. Okay, I'm going to try... Sherman is, like, trying to mask his true intention. He's like, okay, let's... Let's do this, but he's actually wants to try to move around to the side and get close enough to chain down Aster if he can trick Leon. Okay, give me a wisdom saving throw. Come on. Oh, that was almost a 20. It's an 18. He rolled a 24. Okay, what do you want to do with my hands? You feel control relinquish and more chains go flying out. But you also feel yourself moving towards Macadam, and the chains are becoming stronger. They're becoming bigger. You feel that you are starting to get to the point where you may not get a choice anymore. More chains wrap around the dragon, keeping it from, from crashing as much into the ground as it's writhing in pain. And... You jump completely over the water ring and you drive your sword into Macadam as Sir Leon cackles. Sir Leon is going to use my last second level evil smite? Yes. Okay, there you go. I'm rolling a bunch of Sir Leon attacks. Okay. So 3d8 on that, uh, 3d8 on that smite. Oh man, he rolled so high. Oh, uh, of course. When it's him, he rolls good. A six, seven, and an eight. Okay, so that's 21 plus four. Uh, so that's 25 more damage to Macadam. The dragon's like absolutely, uh, I, it's indescribable how this dragon's reacting to everything. It's just like trying to thrash, but it can't and, and screaming in pain. And uh, you feel that your control is very quickly disappearing. But you also feel Miriam's heart, Miriam's moat within you, trying to fight against 
Sir Leon. And as this is happening, you look within. Like, what, what do you have left? The, um, your fight against his wishes are really at a point of breaking, and you feel that the limit to which you can manage to stay in control is dissipating, so he, on the other hand, seems to only be gaining strength. And if you falter, he might completely take the, the reins over. So do you let in to him or do you fight back? I think there's still a little bit of fight left in there. Not a lot. Give me another willpower check or uh, well, wisdom check. Wisdom saving throw. It's fucked. That's a nine. You aren't able to fight anymore. And as Sir Leon's form begins to take over your body, like the black mist around you begins to solidify so that it looks like Sherman is essentially wearing a black Sir Leon outfit. Like your your head is completely covered in a black mask of Sir Leon. And he's laughing. And now at this point, with all the time that you've been hearing him in the back of your head, Flowerkraut and Timothy, you can hear Sir Leon's voice and you can hear him laughing. What? What? Sherman! This is the power that you could have, Sherman. This is the power of Ukarik. Why worship Troitherion when you could do so much more? Break free, unbind yourself from his limitations. And when you think all is lost, that little mode of Miriam pierces through the chest of Sir Leon. And it begins to glow and grow a little bit brighter as a beam of light kind of shooting out of Sir Leon's chest. And you guys can see there's a little bit of transparency to this misty blackness that is Sir Leon. And you see Sherman almost like unconscious within. And the light locks on to a sword that is stabbed currently into Macadam's skin. And a vortex of black energy and radiant power begins to spin around Sherman's body. And you hear Sir Leon, What is this? What? No. No, no, no. You've given up. I am in control now. And you watch it envelop both of them. You guys hear, as you lose visibility of Sherman, you lose visibility of Sir Leon. A metal clang of Sherman's sword drop to the stone earth at his feet. And when the whirlwind dissipates around it, Sherman's nowhere to be seen. Sherman! The once silvery orb in the pommel of his sword now swirls with black and white energy. It is your turn, Flower Kraut. Flower Kraut is so like destroyed by this and 
she feels her regret crest, but she can't focus on that now. She needs to end this fight. She, how close to Aster is she? You are right next to Aster. I am going to shocking grasp Aster. All right. So that is a plus four to hit. All right, 15. Did you say plus four to that? Yes. Okay, 19. Sorry. Oh, that was on the die. Okay, yeah, you (laughs) hit her. Yep, so 2d8 lightning damage. Nine. Nine total? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, all right. Anything else from Flower Crown? I don't know if I have anything else to do. Okay. Aster is up next, and she sees what happened over there with Sherman, doesn't really understand it, but she's being stabbed by Timothy and shocked by Flowerkraut, and she says, No, wait, wait. Stop. But you hear voices emanating from her chest. Familiar voices to you, Flowerkraut. It appears that you have failed, Aster. And you see the familiar hands begin to come out of her chest, and she says, No, not yet, not yet. And she puts her hand back, and she creates an illusion image to the side of her. Timothy, you see this image, and it is somewhere in the Feywild, a stone altar. And upon it lies Tiermund Brastone. And she screams, If I die, he dies. How dare you! You've manipulated enough! You've lied! You've taken so much, you're not going to take anything else! Timothy Biscuit, you know who this is. When Laminaria identified the three of you, I did my research. I have scryed into your hopes and dreams. I sought him out, and I made sure that you saw me do it. He is weak, but my magic will keep him alive for now. You will call off your attacks. My sisters will let me back. You can have this island You need to make a deal with me right now, or I will end his life, I swear to you. At this point, Macadam has broken free as the chains have dissipated around him, and he is rolling around. He splashes into the inner ring of water. He's crashing against the walls. What say you? (laughs) Timothy glances over to where Sherman was, with tears in his eyes, he looks back at Aster. I have seen where your deals and your machinations lead to, and I've seen your inability to see the wrong in what you do. You lack empathy. You lack everything that is redeemable. I will not make a deal with you, for I see where they will lead to more pain and suffering, and I choose not to believe what you show me. I choose for you 
to be no longer to go back to the void you spawned from. She gets this look of terror as she stares at you in disbelief. And you hear the voice of the hag from within the heart of Miriam. Looks like it didn't work, Aster. Sorry, sister. But you know the consequences. No, no, no. And they begin to rip her to pieces. They begin to consume the hearts just as Laminaria's fate. And you watch as Aster screams and the heart is absorbed back into the Fey and Aster falls to the ground. A giant rock lands not far from the two of you. Yeah. Timothy, we gotta get out. What about Sherman? Let's get his sword. I don't know what we'll do, but we, we, we have to get out of here now. The water begins to rise as more mass from the cavern fills in. And now you're sloshing through water. Stalactite crashes into the ground. Macadam still fitful rage, slamming everything in his path. Brandy's just been doing like a bull ride the whole time. (laughs) Brandy gets flung from Macadam and just kind of lands in the water and then scurries over to you. What's happened to Dogbrain? I don't know, Brandy. I don't know. We got to get out of here. I'm going to run over and um, I guess not with my hands, but I I will just kind of like scoop the orb into my satchel. You can pick up the whole sword. It's the the sword. the, The orb is still lodged into the pommel and it is swirling with black and white. I wrap my hands with whatever cloth or material I have and I grab the sword and just try and like place it between me and my satchel so I'm not make complete contact with it. Yeah, you grab the sword and do you guys make for the exit? I think so. I'm going to look back and with the last bit I have left, uh, I'm going to cast Shatter on the entry as we escape. Okay. You run to the door and the water level has risen to the point where there's more water pouring down the tunnel that you had come from. And as you guys hop into that entrance, you you know find it slippery to hold your footing as more water is kind of rushing down. You turn around, cast Shatter, and it definitely covers up the entrance a bit. Um, but it doesn't keep all of the water from rushing down the tunnel with you. And you find yourselves kind of on a water slide, uh, heading back down out of the mountain. You two slosh into Aster's camp cave. As you make your way out of the cave, the rumbling tremors continue. You turn your turn to look over your shoulders and you watch as a 
giant section of the Gallant Peak explodes and water begins to pour out of Macadam's lair, creating an instant waterfall down into the valley below, further along into the Pillars of Salt, and eventually into Oscal's refuge. And you see Macadam pull himself out of this new hole in the mountain and shake his head and jump and barely catch himself and flap his wings as hard as he can, flying off into the distance. And that is where we will end our episode. Wins with you, BB Army. Broken wins notwithstanding. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Break, Battle, and Roll. We hope you're enjoying our adventure as much as we are in creating it. If you're looking for more ways to connect with Break, Battle, and Roll, follow our Instagram and Twitter, both at Break, Battle, Roll, or stop by and give us a like on the Break, Battle, and Roll Facebook page. Or if following the individual nerds is more your thing, you can follow Chad Stafford on his Instagram and Twitter at It's Chit Chad, as well as his YouTube channels, Chit Chad and Chit Chad Plays. You can follow me, Janelle Wilkie, on my Instagram at Janelle.Wilkie. Or you can join Dustin Blushmit as he streams on twitch.tv slash The Final Destination. And follow his Instagram and TikTok, both at the underscore final underscore destination. And his Twitter at F-I-N-L destination. You can also find our beloved barkeep and dungeon daddy, Aaron Rollins, on Twitter at Arkuma. That's A-A-R-K-U-M-A. We must also sing the praises of our amazing musicians, Ben Holland and Roy O'Neill, who provided our theme song and many of the original musical scores in the podcast. Ben can be found on SoundCloud, and you can follow Rory on Twitter at Trench Warfare. Now that you're part of the BB Army, we'd love your help in spreading the word throughout the realm. Sharing our podcast with friends and writing reviews helps a young podcast like ours so much. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go pester the barkeep for another drink. Until next time.